Blog Talk Radio. Greetings to all of my listeners, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Let me tell you something. It was a wild, wonderful 2016 of learning, growing, being taught, teaching. Oh, my goodness, 2016 was a year that was so good to me, and I thank God so much for it. But I am so happy to be in 2017. I am so happy that you have joined me this night, and I want to say to you, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy 2017. I am so excited that you have chosen to join us on tonight. It is such a blessing to have you as a part of the Be Free Ministries family. So welcome. Hallelujah. For those who are new listeners, thank you for joining us tonight. For those who are old heads, you know, those who have been listening to the show for a while. We thank you. We appreciate you. We honor you in this 2016 year. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And so as you can see, and as I sent out, this show will be just a little bit different from the Be Free Ministry show. We're still Be Free Ministries, but it's Be Free Ministries in live. So we will continue to talk, to teach the Word of God. We will continue to talk about Christian issues, biblical issues, things that are going on in the faith. We will teach the Word of God. We will pray. We will continue to do those things. But you know, God is going to branch us out a little bit further, and we're going to be talking some about world events as well as social activist issues that are going on in our world. So though we will talk about world events, we're going to get some politics in, especially with our President-elect Trump coming in June 20th. He'll be sworn in. We're going to talk some about that. We're going to talk about our social activist issues that are occurring in our world because I feel like it is important as Christians, well, as citizens of our world, and then as Christians for us to be fully aware of what is going on in our world for a couple of reasons. Number one, so that we can pray, so that we can intercede on behalf of the men, women, children that are going through issues, that are suffering, that are experiencing uh, world events like um, catastrophes, like tsunamis and floods. We need to know what's going on so we can pray for these individuals. We've had a lot of terrorist attacks going forth, a lot of shootings in different places. We need to know what's going on so that we can pray for these individuals, pray for their families, pray for everyone that has been affected by that world event. And as we talked on Be Free Ministries NC last summer, we talked about the shootings that had occurred with our African-American men. We're going to be talking about some of those social issues that are occurring in our world that affect specific cultures or groups. We're going to talk about it on our show. So I'm really excited to be able to extend Be Free Ministries into our world because, again, it's important for us to know about these things. It's important for us to talk about them. So I said prayer. We need to be knowledgeable so that we can pray. Also, 
too, so that we can talk about them amongst ourselves. Sometimes we just need to vent. Sometimes we just need to someone to listen to what's going on in our world or how we are feeling about what's going on in our world. So this Be Free Ministries NC Live will be a platform for you to call in, share your thoughts and concerns, share even what the Lord has been speaking to you about what's going on in our world. This will be the time for us to gather ourselves to discuss these issues. And then three, so that we can hear from the Lord. Like, what is God saying prophetically about what's going on in our world? We know what the Bible says. The end times are here. Floods will come. Um, uh, men turning towards themselves, lovers of themselves, these things will come, like with all the homosexual issues that are occurring on occurring in our world and specifically here in North Carolina. Like we need to know what's going on so that we can hear the voice of God. What are you saying, God, about this issue, about this situation, about this social issue, about this political activity that's going on? God, what is your heart concerning this issue? What is on your mind concerning this issue? And what do you want us to do about it? We know you want us to pray, but do we need to gather some people and storm out the legislative building? Do we need to gather some people and march? Like what? Do we need to gather some people and send out letters and make phone calls to our legislators so that they know that the citizens in our world are are seeing what's going on, we're hearing about what's going on, and we are affected by what is going on. So it is important to me for this 2017 year that Be Free Ministries NC Live be a part of what's going on in our world. We want to be a voice for God. We want to be able to offer to this hurting world Jesus, his love, his peace, his joy, his deliverance, his healing, his salvation. We want to be able to offer it to them, but we have to know what's going on. We have to be aware. And so Be Free Ministries Live acknowledge the things that are going on in our world, and we will be talking about them this 2016 year. And let me tell you, I'm excited about it. I'm so excited about it. But let me get into the teaching tonight because I probably could go on some more about what's going on, but I promise you we will talk about it. And so tonight our topic is make him, H-I-M capital, seen in 2017, make him seen in 2017, just in case you don't know who him is, I'm talking about God, Almighty, creator of the universe, our Father, our Heavenly Father. That's who I'm talking about. We need to make God seen this 2017 year. Yes, we we have made him seen in previous years, but this is a prophetic awakening. This 2017 year is a prophetic awakening, and we need to make sure that everybody that we come into contact with is seeing Jesus, is hearing Jesus, is knowing that Jesus resides within us, and he saves that tree and delivers. So we want Jesus, we want God to be seen, hallelujah, in 2017. So let's get to our definition. Seen. I just wanted to look up seen. You know, I know what it means, so I just wanted to look it up. And there were several definitions that reflect seen, what seen means. But there were four in particular that I want us to look at tonight. Number one being seen means to view visit, or attend as a spectator. 
Second definition, to perceive, in parentheses, things, mentally, discern, understand. Definition three, to have knowledge of or experience of. Number four, and the last one, to make sure of. That is what seen means based on www.dictionary.com. That is my go-to dictionary, dictionary.com. So those were four of the several definitions listed for seen. And I want us to look at all of these things from a biblical perspective. So to view, visit, or attend as a spectator. So we are actually going to be the spectacle and other people are going to be the spectator for this particular teaching. And so I am a spectator because I love going to plays. Like I love going to plays at the Performing Arts Center. So I go to the play. I, I, I see what's going on. I see the actors. I see the scenery, the setting. I listen to the voices of the characters, the words that they're speaking. So I am actually a spectator at that play. When we watch sports games, whether we're there live or whether we're watching it on TV, when we're watching TV shows, um, movies, we are the spectator looking at those characters, seeing what's going on, what's going to happen between these characters. Is it going to be good, bad? Is it drama? You know, what's going to happen? We actually are spectators looking at others, looking at these actors in particular, trying to figure out what's going on and seeing kind of how that drama or that comedy or that science fiction TV show or movie is going to play out, right? So you got the idea of being a spectator. So think about yourself as a spectacle. If you are the spectacle, there are others who are the spectators seeing you viewing you, attending to you. Let me tell you something. When the world knows that you're saved, when the world knows that we're saved, we're confessed in Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are Christians, we are saints of God, they watch everything. When I say everything, I mean every single thing that, they, that we do, they're watching. How we treat people, our interactions with them and other colleagues, actions, how we respond to certain situations, how we dress, how we treat people. They are watching us like a hawk to see if we will stand up to or meet the standard of being a Jesus follower, the standard of being a Christian. They are the spectators seeing us. Now, when they see you, what do they see? Do they see Jesus? Do they see love? Do they see joy or do they see frustration or hurt or pain or anger? What is the world seeing when they see you? John, the gospel according to John, chapter 13 and 35. I want to read that in your hearing. I'm going to read it in the King James Version, and it reads, by this, let me read 34 so you know what the this is. A new commandment, Jesus is speaking, I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, that love, y'all, all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one to another. Everything we do, 
everything we say, our actions, our responses, our attitude, the way we dress, the way we do things, everything we do should be based out of our love for God. And then out of that love for God, our love for people. Every, let me tell you something. Love is what motivated God to even make a plan of escape from the enemy so that we could be restored back to him. It was love that sent Jesus down here to earth and caused Jesus to stay here for his 33 and a, and a half years, 33 and a third, 33 and a half years, stayed here on the earth, got, uh, allowed himself to be beaten till he was almost unrecognizable, the Bible says, scorned, spit at, crown of thorn on his head, up on that cross, enduring the lashing, up on that cross, nail in his hands and feet and stayed up there to be a spectacle, really, for those who were looking on. It was nothing but love, let me tell you, that Jesus that kept Jesus up on that cross, because he could have came down at any moment, but love kept him there. Love keeps him keeping us. <laughs> His love keeps us, protects us, showers us with peace and joy, showers us with love, showers us with deliverance and healing and everything else that we need, provision, roof over our head, food to eat, clothes on our back. It is the love of God that keeps us living day to day to day. Let me tell you, it is God's love. And because God loves us so much, we in turn should love him so much by living out the principles outlined in his word. And when we live out those principles, other people will see us living out those principles, and they would want to know the Jesus that we serve. So we need to make sure that we are showcasing love, that we are showing love in everything that we do. I understand, let me tell you, that your boss might make you mad. Thankfully, I have a question. Saved boss, she's Holy Ghost filled, and I thank God for her. But it wasn't always the case, and a lot of times I had to bite my tongue because I knew those young ladies on my job were watching me. I knew it, and so there were a lot of times I had to bite my tongue when my boss was not so pleasant, or I would respond in a way that kept peace. I didn't respond with the attitude that was that was rising up in me. I responded with peace. So even though our boss may make us mad. Our coworkers may get on our nerves. The, the the Walmart line, the grocery store line, the Target line, the Nordstrom's line, wherever you shop, line long. You need to get somewhere. We need to make sure, even in all those instances and others, that we are showing forth the love of Christ. So sometimes, yeah, we have to bite a tongue, count to ten, take a deep breath, whatever you need to make sure that your attitude is in check and in line with God's love, all right? So we need to make sure when the world sees us, they see God's love. Now, let me put a disclaimer there. It's not to say that you can't have your moments of showing your emotions. Because, some, like, I get angry. Like, I go from zero to 100 when it comes to social activism or when it comes to somebody messing with my kids, like my special needs kids that I work with in the school system. Now, I will go from zero to 100 if somebody messes with my kids or disrespects them or tries to demean them in any way. I, I know this about me. So there are moments where it's okay, show your anger, you know, be real, be human. But even in that, try to make sure that even in your emotional state that you are responding in a way that's Christ 
that's love, that's God, and not in a way that your emotions are showing and you're about to cuss everybody out or bless everybody out. Then you have to go and apologize and repent, which happens, and that's okay. But really we need to make sure that we are staying in the face of the Lord through prayer, through study of the word, through praise and worship, through fasting, so that God can prepare us for those moments that our emotions may run high. Okay? So make sure that others are seeing the Christ in you, are seeing God's love in you. So second definition, to perceive things mentally, to discern, to understand. So this is what I want. And you can tell me what you want if you want to, if you want to, you know, be push one, let me know you want to talk. This is what I want. I want people, even before I ever open my mouth, I want them to discern the spirit of God in me. Like, I want them to discern God. I want them to, to discern Jesus. I want them to discern the Holy Spirit in me, through me, all around me. I want the love of Christ and God to be so strong in me that they perceive it, even before I open my mouth, that they discern it, even as I'm walking by them in their presence, whatever the case may be. That's what I want. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2, I'm actually going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Let me get there. Put my little sticky notes so I can put it quickly. So 2 Corinthians 3. And two, it reads, that's not it. Yes, it is. But the, le- but the only letter, a recommendation we need is you, yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts, and everyone can read it and recognize or discern our good work among you. That's the New Living Translation. The uh, the King James Version says, being a living epistle read of all men. And so I want people, you know, I definitely want my life to be a living epistle that people can see my actions and see my patterns and see the testimonies um, of God in my life, at work in my life. But again, I want them to be able to read me. Even before I open my mouth, I want them to know that she, the spirit of the Lord resides right there in that woman, right there. Y'all better not mess with her because God is with her and God going to get you if you mess with her. You know, I'm not trying for God to get nobody, but I'm just saying I want them to recognize God in me. And we should want people to automatically see the Holy Ghost of God in us, through us, and around us. I remember it was some years ago I had went, I was in between jobs, and I went on an assignment in the mountains by myself. My first time driving to the mountains, I was driving crazy. I'm thankful that the Lord protected me, praise him. And so I went to the mountains. They set me up in a hotel. I had to get some things going on with the business. And the spirit of the Lord really ministered to me while I was there. And I knew that, and it was fine. I didn't share it with anybody, you know, came back. And as soon as my pastor saw me, he said, the, the, the glow of the Lord is, is, a, is on you, is upon you. I can see, you know, God's glory, God's glow on you. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, let me tell you what happened. And then I was able to share, you know, some of the things that the Lord had ministered to me. At that time, I want I, my life, your life, our lives, to reflect God so much that the spirit of the Lord is upon us, that his glow, that his glory is so evident in our lives. And let me tell you something. People will recognize that glow. They will recognize the glory, and they will want to know what is, like, you are glowing. Like, what is going on with you? You're not pregnant. Praise him. So what's going on with you? So you can share 
the love of Christ just by a person discerning the spirit of God in you. So we need to be seen in that way that we are not only a reflection of God in our actions and our words, but our very presence is a reflection of God. Like we could walk in and just change the atmosphere without even saying a word because God's glory, his anointing, his glow is so strong on us. So let me go to verse 30. I mean, verse, uh, I mean, number three, definition three. So definition three for seeing is to have knowledge of or experience of. So I thought about, you know, definition number one, people see you, people view you being a spectate, a spectacle, but we can take this a little bit further. We know that people watch us, and so as people are watching us, especially our family members, our coworkers, people that are really close to us, they should see that your day-to-day life is a reflection of God. It shouldn't be like on Monday and Tuesday, you're good because you just finished church on Sunday, so Monday and Tuesday, you're good. But by Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you're blasting everybody out. You got a nasty attitude. You don't want to do your job. You're being disrespectful to the people while you're, you know, the grocery people or salespeople who are working while you're out and about. You're driving crazy on the road. Y'all pray for me. I'm still, I'm, I've gotten better, but I'm still working on that part. That's my issue. But yeah, but, but, but you, you're, your attitude hasn't gotten so bad by Wednesday and Thursday and Friday that you just forgot about God, forgot about the Holy Spirit, forgot about showing the love of Christ. No, our life, our reflection of God, God being seen in us should be seen seven days a week, 365 days of the year. We, God should be seen, his love, his joy, his peace should be seen in us through us at all times. Even in your moments of weakness, we should reflect God. We should let our emotions, you know, be human, show your emotions, but even in the midst of that, it should reflect God. Let me read you the scripture. And then your pattern should be like your history, like the knowledge that people have of you should be she reflects God. She shows forth God's love. She is a Christian, not a would-be Christian, you know, not a black backslider, but she is saved. Like God has really redeemed her life, and she's real. She's human. She doesn't try to elevate herself above us and make us think she's so holy. But, no, she's a down-to-earth real person that I can relate to and talk to and and listen to when I'm having problems or when I'm going through things because I know that she lives what she talks about. He lives what he's talking about. That's their knowledge of you. That's their experience with you. So what scripture do I have for this one? Did I not write one? Maybe I didn't. Okay, I don't see a particular scripture for this one, and that's okay. The next scripture is going to be long enough. So, again, we want people's knowledge of us, their experience with us to reflect Christ at all times, even in your moments of weakness, even in your moments of sadness, to still reflect Christ. Amen. And so, you know what? I actually read 2 Corinthians 3 and 2 for number 3. So I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 right now. And so I'm going to read it. I knew knew that didn't sound right when I was reading it, but it's okay. So I'm actually going to read it in the New Living Translation because I really like the way that it reads in this translation. So 2 Corinthians 6 and 17. So let me backtrack. 
The living epistle read of all men goes with the knowledge and experience that people have of you because when they read you, when they read your life, when they see you, again, they should see Christ at all times. Even in your moments of weakness or sadness or going through, you should still reflect Christ. Amen. So second, I got all these arrows. That's what's kind of threw me off. I did scriptures back forth and here and there. So second Corinthians chapter six and 17, it reads. Therefore, come out, I actually want to read verse 14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can goodness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, said, says the Lord Almighty. So the King James Version says, be ye separated, come out from among them, be ye separated. And so the Bible here is letting us know, it plainly says, do not connect yourself with an unbeliever. This specifically is talking about covenant relationships, such as a marriage. It, it, it's best, according to the word, that we not connect ourselves in a covenant relationship. A marriage could even extend to a business partnership with those who are unbelievers because there could be the potential of friction, of dissension, of strife, and that's not the life that God wants us to live. He wants us to live in peace. Even when we're going through turmoil and the trials of life, still wants us to be in peace. So the Bible is saying not to connect yourself with those individuals. Do not connect light with darkness. It, it just doesn't mix. It doesn't work. Okay? Now, this is not to say that you can't have unsaved friends because sometimes God has kept you in their lives or put you in their lives to minister to them, to witness to them. Now, if God says separate from them, then you do what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, okay? And and it's not to say that we can't, don't want to say consort with, or that we can't interact with or be with unbelievers, because, you know, we have unbelievers on our job. We see unbelievers every single day. So it's okay for us to interact with unbelievers, because how will they know Jesus if we don't show them? Sometimes we are the only Jesus that people see. So we have to interact with unbelievers. But again, making that covenant connection is what the Bible is talking about here, making sure that we don't make covenant connections, covenant ties, binding ties with unbelievers. Because, again, we want to make sure that our light shines for Jesus and Jesus alone. We don't want to get mixed up in other religions or mixed up with atheists or unbelievers. We want to make sure that we are walking hand in hand, covenant to covenant, with a believer. And this will help us or help others to know us, to perceive us, to understand us from a biblical perspective. Because I'm telling you, I would question you know, even though I know that there are people who have done it, but and I have questioned it then when I would hear about it or know about it, you know, Christians marrying Muslims or 
um, a Christian marrying, you know, someone of another religion. Like, how, how does that work? Like, I don't even understand how that works. Those things shouldn't be. Now, the one couple that I'm thinking about right now, they said at that time, it's been years ago now, they said it worked. Now, it's been, I don't even know, maybe 10 years or more. Not sure how it's going now, but at that time, early on, it worked. And I'm doing my quote, my air quotes, it worked. But the Bible says we are not to connect ourselves in a covenant relationship with unbelievers, okay? All right. And so God brought something to my mind just then that I wanted to say about that. Oh, um, I don't know where it is right now because my mind escapes me, but the Bible does talk about um, couples that are married when one of the spouses, whether the husband or the wife, they get saved, and God says, you know, you can stay with them. So it happens sometimes where couples are unsaved, um, and in the midst of their marriage, one of them becomes saved. Well, God in his word, doesn't say to leave them. He says, you know, if they want to stay with you, stay with them, and then be a light to them, be a blessing to them, show God's love to them to them in the midst of that relationship, and hopefully you can win them over. I know a lot of women right now that are married to men who presented themselves as being saved initially but have not lived out a life of Christ since. And it, it, it's, it's difficult for them. It is a struggle for them. I see it. I hear it. You know, when I'm talking to them, I see it when I interact with them. And so it is in, God, in our best interest, according to the word of God, for us to have covenant relationship with those who are saved. Not to say it's still, you know, it's going to be all peaches and cream. You'll still have your issues and struggles, but you both have Jesus. You have that connection of prayer. You have that connection of the word of God. You have that connection of praise and worship. You have that connection of fasting and praying. You have that godly connection. Whereas my friends, and some of them are friends, some of them are coworkers, that I see I see the struggle and I see the, the hurt and the pain and the different things that are going on. And, again, that's not God's will for us. God's design for us is to live in peace, that the blessings of the Lord make us rich and add us no sorrow. Not that you won't struggle, but it won't be sorrowful. It won't be painful. It won't be like a grieving period of living out your life because you're connected with this person that is not saved, okay? So we want our light to shine at all times, and we need a godly covenant connection in order to make that happen. The last one I'm going to get to quickly because my time is slowly winding down is number four, definition, to make sure of. Okay, so this one is for us. Not necessarily anybody looking at us, but we need to make sure for us that we are who we say we are, that we do what we say we're going to do, that we're living for Jesus. If we say we're a Jesus follower, we're a Christian, we're a saint of God, we need to make sure that we're living that lifestyle, that we are following the principles of God's word again at all times. So Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, I'm going to read 3 through 10 in the New Living Translation, and it reads, starting at verse 3, as we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. That's one of my favorite scriptures. He gives us everything in the King James Version that pertains unto life and godliness. I love that scripture. I'm going to keep reading. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness, and by that same power, he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. Hallelujah. He has promised that you will the decadence all around you caused by evil desires and that you will share in his divine nature. So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Let me push pause here. 
So thankfully, I work in a job where I have medical benefits, dental benefits, whatever kind of benefits I want. I utilize my benefits. Like, I love me some benefits, let me tell you. And I utilize my benefits. But you know what? A lot of times as I'm reading this scripture and just thinking about it, sometimes I don't utilize the promises of God. And I'm kind of sad about that right now. So I need to dive a little bit deeper and making sure that I am utilizing all of the benefits that Christ has afforded me as a daughter of his. God has given us so many wonderful promises in his word. And we need to make sure that we dive into the word of God and soak in the word of God and let the word of God soak in us so that we can live a full life of enjoying the benefits of God. Okay, that was a side note. I'm going to get back to my reading. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Praise him. Self-control leads to patience. Help me. And patience endurance leads to godliness. Excuse me. Self-control leads to patience endurance. Patience. And patience endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop right there. If you add to your, the King James Version says, add to your knowledge um, faith, add to, wait a minute, let me back up. Add to knowledge our self-control, add to self-control patience, add to patience godliness, add to godliness love. These are some of the principles or some of the the fruit of the spirit are separate qualities, thank you, God, Christian qualities that we should have in our lives as we walk out this life of God being seen in us in 2017, self-control, patience, the knowledge of who God is, godliness, the love of Christ for other people. These are the qualities that we should possess within us so that God can be seen in us. And through us, so again, definition four, to make sure of, we need to make our election and calling sure. We need to make sure that we are living out, again, the principles outlined in God's word so that others can see God in us, so that others can experience the love of God through us, so that others will know that they don't have to struggle. They don't have to be alone. They don't have to live in their sin. They don't have to live in despair or in depression. There is a Savior. His name is Jesus who will love you right where you are, pick you up from the mulch and the mari and clean you up and make you brand new. We need to live our lives in such a way that others will want to get to know Jesus. We want to make Jesus, we need to make Jesus seen in 2017. So that is the word of the Lord for us tonight. Thank you so much for joining the show on tonight. It's so exciting when I can share the word of God with others. And so I want to encourage you to visit our website at www.bfreeministriesnc.org. Go to our Facebook page. I try my best to be diligent in posting scriptures every day. Sometimes I miss the days, but you'll find some scripture on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Ministries nc, as well as the post from the broadcast 
so that you can share it with other people. If you have a prayer request, a testimony, a praise report, a prophetic word, make sure you email us at BeFreeMinistriesNC at Outlook.com. Make sure that you tune in next week. So next week we're going to be talking about the inauguration, right, Lauren? Oh, no, we're going to be talking about prophecy next week. Let me get to my show because I didn't write this particular one down. So the Lord has been speaking to me and I know to others as well that I've been talking to about the prophetic voice, um, the prophetic voice coming forth in 2017. So our show next Thursday at six o'clock will be using your prophetic, prophetic voice to advance the kingdom. It's going to be such an exciting time. I'm really, really excited about it. So let me pray before we go. Father God, we thank you. God, we love you so much, God, and we thank you for your love, God. We thank you for your care of us, God. We thank you that you watch over us and you protect us and you keep us and you provide for us. God, you're such a wonderful Father, such a loving God, and we thank you so so much for how you blessed us to see this 2017 year. God, I pray that you will help us to dive deeper into your word, God, that you will help us to pray even the more, Father God, that we will fast and pray, God, that we will praise you and worship you, Father God, so that your light will shine bright in us, God, that others will see you in us, through us, Father God, so that we will be that light to them, so that we will be that testimony to them, so that we will be that living epistle read of all men. God, help us, God, to be witnesses for you this year. God, put people in our path that we can witness your word to, that we can witness your love to, Father God. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for blessing us with peace, God, with prosperity, with love this year. God, thank you for helping us to walk out our destiny in this 2017 year. God, we love you so much, God. We praise you and we bless you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, listeners, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We look forward to seeing you, from to hearing from you next week at 6 o'clock p.m. So I'm going to close the show with, if nobody has told you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off.